And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Look out, get down. The dark town strutters are riding the town. Super sisters on cycles. After they arrive in a bad man left alive. The fast as a jet, shop as Gillette. And what you see is what you get. Dark Town Strutters. See the dramatics. Roger E. Mosley and Miss Black America Shirley Washington in Dark Town Strutters. Better move your butt when these ladies strut. Five boxes who hit. Like a truckload of... <laughs> Gotta watch your act on the radio. Singing, dancing, strutting. It's a real black comedy. Darktown Strutters, the super fine mothers. Soaring into Soul City, they can run you down and still look pretty. Darktown Strutters is rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Strut to see it. Chris Honeywell is an internet loudmouth. Is it too much to ask for a decent female biker comedy that has honkies getting beat up? Hated and reviled by his few remaining friends, he catches the attention of Thomas DJ, perhaps the world's most cunning supervillain. Ensconced in his ultra-scientific hideout, with only his robot army and stunning assistant to keep him company, DJ springs into action. Is this city, you see? In Virginia, use the molecular transmigration beam to bring this fool to me! Virginia trains the hellish mechanism, and with a clap like thunder, and in a blinding psychedelic light, Chris Honeywell stands before his tormentor. Normally, I do not suffer fools, but I see beyond the yawning chasm of ignorance that is your brain and the endless sluice of sewage which is your mouth that they form a basic animal intelligence that I may be able to mold to my own devices. Uh, okay. Therefore, in my mercy, I offer you two choices. Instant painless disintegration or you study grindhouse movies at my feet now! Choose! Uh, I choose not disintegration. So be it. In one month, I shall assign you a movie to watch and will summon you again. Be ready, or the consequences shall be swift and merciless. Right, but how do I get to the... Now go! And thus began one of the most dangerous and unpredictable endeavors in evil sciencing. The Honeywell Experiment! Virginia, summon the subject! It's, I was going to say, it smells, it smells like fresh ribs in here. 
Yes, I I love ribs. Okay. Mm. Uh, oh. Oh, did you get these at Skyhog? Mm. <laughs> oh. We don't, we don't oh. talk about the curve here. There's, there's like a piece of straw from a broom in mine. <laughs> oh, well. That yeah. tastes good, actually. <laughs> okay. Just want to make sure, Virginia, that the, the dramatics are locked up where they are. Okay. Good, 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 good. So. Oh, boy. Before... I, 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 I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have to start. It had me in the first 10 seconds. I remember discovering this movie on the video shelf of a, of a mom and pop video store in Ridgewood. It was, like, it was probably like the first year I was there, so we're talking about 1990. And that opening crawl comes up. About any resemblance to the, uh, the, the real story of Cinderella is pure bullshit. That's when I was like, okay, I'm... This I like this movie already. This can't go wrong in my book. It, it, it's funny though. It, it, it was made in '75. It feels feels like it was made earlier though. I like what year did like The Wiz come out? Like '78, '79. Yeah, like that. Towards the end of the decade. This almost felt to me like it was something that came out to cash in on on the success of the whiz or you know publicity of the whiz with with you know a significantly lower budget but yeah it pre it actually predates it but uh yeah 75 is like a cutoff period for me in yeah. like exploitation movies like 74 75 like mm -hmm. there was a super like fertile time period in that in that from like 70 to 73 74 where it was just like i think the prime grit low budget movies lots of them being filmed and this one is almost like a low budget film with a little extra it had almost a little i don't know if it had a little extra budget but it, it looked like it did maybe it's just because so many things happen in it yeah. every second <laughs> It definitely has the because the, the script was done by George Armitage, who I think I mentioned to you before we started recording, goes on to be a really impressive director. He directs a film called Miami Blues, which I absolutely love. But oh. it has the feel of one of those three-day wonders where Roger Corman had extra money in the budget from a previous film and just said, you guys make a movie. Go. Yeah, here's Dick Miller. Good, get to work. Yeah. <laughs> A moment um, of silence for the great Dick Miller, please. Yes, and that's when that's when you know you have a quality quality genre movie when you go. Is that Dick? Mi it is Dick Miller. Dick Miller. All right, we're 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 hitting checking off another box. Like the like the the script to this, I I get the feeling that the, they okay they 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 had the script they shot the movie with the script. But they didn't <clears throat> stick closely to the script. Well, I th my, what my theory is, is there's some good acting in here, there's some pr pretty good acting in here, and there's some pretty bad acting in here. Yeah. And the bad acting doesn't necessarily kill it uh, or, or even really hold it back. But I think when they've, like, they had the script, they did it, 
There was probably some some improv to it. But then when they were putting it together, they were like, let's get some ADR on this thing. And then started, you know, there's there's a lot of sort of, um, oh, have you ever seen the Firesign Theater Hot Shorts or no. J-Men Forever where they dub over old um, yeah. serials? So they dub in new sound effects and new new dialogue didn't and stuff. Do that? Didn't USA uh, Up All Night do that, some of the stuff that later became Power Rangers? They might have. They very well might have. They very well might have. USA Up All Night was the first time I saw the Firesign Theater short. Yeah. They, they, they would play hot shorts, which were 15-minute clips of serials, and then they like did a full-length movie called J-Men Forever, which they used all the... You know, the Rocket Man, I think they had Captain America and Shazam all in it, and they cut it all into a different storyline. And I got a lot of the feeling of that where, okay, they had this, and then they were like, let's really go to town with the sound effects. I swear to God, some of those sound effects were right out of the Hanna-Barbera library. Oh, yeah, no, it, this is pure cartoon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's 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 like Mad Mag- It's like a black exploitation Mad Magazine cartoon with a little bit of, like... The feel of those old Saturday morning shows where it would be like yeah. a kids in a clubhouse. It would like live action and kids in a clubhouse. And they were all real exaggerated characters that were all just all had their one thing that they did. Right. And, and this movie is just chock full every second. There's a new character. This character jerks around and, and quivers and this... this <laughs> This character has every possible venereal disease you've ever found. Yes, yes, and everybody in the world knows who he is. So when you yeah. bring him into the into the whorehouse, all the whores run because it's VD, and and then he squirts he squirts soap on your hands to yeah. clean you or your face to clean you off when you need it. And that's just one of the like ten thousand of these guys that are that are popping up in this. And I think they 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 were like. Yeah, this movie isn't really working. Let's really ramp up. You know, there's there's lots of ADR in dialogue where nobody's lips are moving. Yeah. So you have the characters who are who are actually speaking in the scene, and then there's always all these people sort of like Robert Altman style cross conversations going on, and it's just uh, you can't you can't not pay attention to it for a second, or you're gonna miss something. Literally, you can't take your eyes off it, or you're gonna miss a, a sight gag of you know and it's all they're all set up almost like um you know a, a high school carnival type of type of gags where everybody got together to to oh we'll make the um strong the the strongman mallet thing you know and yeah we'll put the different we'll put this you know there's handmade signs for all the different levels of it and stuff and then there's the 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 fence that pulls out that says oh shit when you're gonna crash into it and, and and you could tell they they probably all got together and and were all painted up the old oh shit sign and stuff so it's it's great it's got that like let's all get together and put on a show everybody's obviously having a riot oh yeah doing it and, and there's some kick-ass music just cause. the music is great provided by the by by stacks record so, um, I, I, I haven't like, been I mean, able to hunt down. As soon as I saw this, I'm like, I gotta find like the soundtrack album to this mm-hmm. somewhere, and I can't find it anywhere. 
I'm, well, I don't think he ever existed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's very possible. I might. I'll, I'll but, bet you like there's singles of of a couple yeah. of those songs. That acapella, the scene where they do the acapella song, mm-hmm. in there is genuinely like beautiful. It just it the whole th- the whole movie stops mm-hmm. and slows down and mellows out. And the song is really good. They're really good singers. And it also sounds like they were doing it there. I'm, I don't think they did because it's recorded really nicely. Yeah. But it sounds like they're out. It, sound, it has that warm feeling of being around a campfire and people singing. But they're just, it's just a nice long scene of them walking along, yeah. sing, singing a song and letting the words do the, and it's just the strangest thing in such a manic movie. And, and it's truly you know, just great. I do know that they release what you see is what you get as a single because I remember hearing that song on the radio when I was a little but and I think that's a great moment I it's just it's just for just for for breather here's the dramatics in a cage yeah yeah singing behind bars and uh and and then I'm like why doesn't she she's got the key why isn't she yeah. letting everybody out <laughs> they're I all like well she goes okay Dramatic. I'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and I, I was watching. The, I, I'm watching this, and there's like a motorcycle chase in it. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, a truck pulls up. The door opens up, and I'm like, "Oh shit! It's the clan!" <laughs> and and literally, the clan like throws something out of the truck. The door shuts, and they're gone. And and I'm like. Was that it? Does that just randomly happen? And this, that was before they introduced them as a major bad yeah. guy element. But I was like totally thinking, oh, this might be the movie where just every once in a while the clan <laughs> will show up in a truck and chuck some stuff at black people and leave. <laughs> That's the kind of logic I like in my movies. It's got a, de- it's got a definite chaotic feel to it. Very much kind of like Mel Brooks movie. Mm-hmm. If, if if you think about it, where where or a anything, Zucker Brothers movie, yeah, they, they pretty much established very early on anything can can happen, and they and just does. go with it. <laughs> yeah, and they just go with it. It's like that that that, that I, I'd love to know where that cop car is now, with the one big siren on top of it. Oh, these these guys put cops in Italian movies to shame. God, these yeah. are the most. They're, they're they're not only useless. They're 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 just even. This is why it reminds me of a kid show. Even when the cops show up, they're still kind of friendly to the protagonists. Yeah. They're still kind of like old buddies, but they're there to beat up, you know. But they're and too they're stupid. They're obviously incompetent. They are. Yeah. Obvious from the, from get. I mean. That's why they had that whole scene with the, them giving, uh, giving uh, Sirena uh, shit while there's a bank robbery going on behind them. Yeah, and and Sirena's just bugs bunnying them all yeah. every every time. There's there's no stress that they're gonna get arrested. They're just gonna ha- you know, and and if it comes down to the worst, they could just knock them down and <laughs> run yeah. away. And and there was and I was thinking these guys are basically like Keystone cops and almost like a few minutes right after I think that actual Keystone cops show up for one scene yeah. for literally like four seconds, <laughs> wave their batons and and drive off. 
not. It's just. I mean, I love the energy of this film. This it's is got about transvestite blackface in it. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, he, she gets arrested. He gets arrested. <laughs> gets shot dead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in this world, Sirena is really the only competent person uh, alive. Everybody else are is an idiot or a moron. Well, the rest of her gang are like, you know, what they're they're more competent than anybody else. And then the other the other the the gang of of male bikers. There's different levels of competence, but yeah, she's the only one that has like all intelligence, competence, not just competence, but she's like kung fu fighter, the best yeah. driver in the world, you know. Well, she's taught by her brother. <laughs> Other. who never met a door he didn't want to bust down I mean... well, that's the thing about <laughs> there's <laughs> no real characters except for Styrene and everybody yeah. is just and it couldn't be more because you wouldn't have time for it in the movie but everybody is just their one defining thing Yeah. and her brother's thing is martial arts and running through walls and yes. I love the martial arts fight where is it her brother? Some it's her brother, yeah. He gets kicked through the air and sort of halfway comes out the window and is just sort of hanging on the windowsill and yeah. it was like a bad take and they were like, Let's keep that and I'm like, I'm really glad that that they kept that because you 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 never see a going out the window thing and they probably had plenty of those because that's all he did was run through doors run through yeah. windows and then if he was just standing to the side it was like a video game where you have the characters sort of standing in like a team player thing yeah he would just be standing there in his kung fu like you know sort of bouncing up and down on his heels a little bit and working his hands and that's all he would do he was he when you had all the characters it's like you know who they are there's quiver guy there's kung fu guy uh, Wired, I think, is the character you're talking about. The one that's that's constantly making those those uh, Michael, you know, those police academy noises. Yes, yes. Oh, this is I I, I I love this movie. I recognize it could not be made today. Nobody would finance this film. It could. It could be made by Spike Lee maybe it wouldn't be exactly the same but he could for one Spike Lee could probably self-finance something like this and you know everybody would be like oh it's Spike Lee he's saying something with this you know and so there would be a context in it that he could get away with the stuff in this but uh but yeah, there's there's absolutely no, nothing politically correct about it. But at the same time, and it was probably an R-rated movie when it came out because it's got lots of motherfucker in and yeah. It's yeah. bullshit and swearing and stuff. But it doesn't have any nudity, and no. it just has it ha- such it, a happy heart su- to it. Yeah, it has it a means kind of like no a burlesque, harm. sort of yes. a burlesque feel to it. I well, mean, the it, acting is bur. I mean the. The, the acting is, you know, like people will say their the, the, the guys will say their lines and then chicken walk away. You know, it's just super exaggerated. There's an actual like 
when they do when they um towards the end they have an actual minstrel show happening yeah in there and uh this is the crazy thing is my grandfather used to be in the in the ro- rotary club in um in my hometown and when he first joined he's like they would have we would we would put on minstrel shows right and, and he said i you know they they cast me as rastus and there was a guy called the interlocutor and stuff and uh I mean that was a that that wasn't just like hey let's put to, they they it looked like they were working off he had all the old scripts of the minstrel shows and they were they were crazy and and they had all these props and stuff and jokes but I'll bet you that was probably someone got their hands on a script to a real minstrel show cuz yeah. what's that Mr. Interlocutor sir yeah. and so you know they were definitely injecting little bits of history in it it's uh it's it's interesting to see okay 1975 there's jokes about the cops just instantly shooting black people mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh so there's a there's a lot of stuff that that fits in with stuff that's going on now which is kind of depressing you know 50 years later yeah 50 some years later but the way it's handled then <laughs> Is definitely, you know, very much like, like Mel Brooks. But the the fact that it's so comedic that when you see that, you know, there's a chase with the clan, and it's just like, they turn a corner and there's a clan guy up on the light pole, you know. Right. They're coming out of the back of the trucks. They're hanging up on the light poles. They're sitting in the trees. <laughs> you know, it's it's ridiculous. And they wear frilly hill, underwear. You know? And they're yeah yeah and they're running around you know they're they're, it just stopped short of having yakety sax play at some point you know and uh, yeah I was um, and then you know I I was keeping my eyes open because I'm like you know that with this huge of a cast there's got to be some you know we're gonna see some great. And one guy I thought for a second was Sherman Helmsley, but I don't think it was Sherman Helmsley because no. he's not the cast. But he, he, but Mother Jefferson was in there as the maid when she goes to the, the Cross Foundation at first and 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 runs into the maid. I'm like, that's Mother Jefferson from the Jeffersons. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, the biggest name on this is probably Roger E. Mosley, who goes on to become. Uh, the helicopter pilot and character in Magnum PI. Oh man, yeah, I totally was was doing that. He's familiar, but I don't know where. Oh my god, I haven't seen Magnum PI since I was in high school or middle school or whatever that was on. But yeah, <laughs> he's and, a and, slightly different character in this. Yes, yes, because of course since Irina is the only competent person in the universe. And she doesn't need him, but she keeps him around. Yeah, well, you know, she's she's not... She doesn't not like him because they, they have that um, steamy and uh, sensual sex scene, which is just ridiculous. <laughs> With... um twitchy guy looking yeah. in the, the keyhole it's, it's wired <laughs> <laughs> I admit I, sh- I wanted to share this 
first off, I want to share this because the film we've got next time is really, really grim. And I wanted to have something lighthearted on either side of it. But admittedly, there's not... A, this is so... This film is so chaotic. And so... Looks like it was just put together on a whim. That it's hard to talk about. You know? Yeah. But, the whole it's, idea, and it's actually it's it's got a socialist message to it, doesn't it? It's it's anti-capitalist. Oh yeah, oh it's it's definitely you know, it's it's definitely like, um, not really, yeah. That it's it's more like you know something Black Panther like this could be a light Black Panther propaganda film. You know, it's just because. You know, the black characters are presented as the competent, the heroes and the competent characters in the story. And yeah, you've got, well, you've got that whole, the the whole message of the Colonel Sanders character. Commander uh, Cross, yeah. Commander Cross, who who runs the, you know, he's made all his money, um, you know, off off the black people eating his ribs and giving out free watermelons with your meal. (laughs) And everybody's got like eight, eight empty watermelon rinds at their table when they're ordering food and and he's made all this money from them so that he can clone black clone the leaders of the the community and have them agree with him and so it's got a little it's got like a yes a little little anti-capitalist and a little like um political message in it too of of you know how uh, black people can get co-opted but yeah, it's it's so goofy that you're never gonna. Not that you don't take it serious. Well, you don't take it seriously, but the message is there. But it's just there in that way that I love, and it's like John Waters, mm-hmm. where it's not being preached at you. It's just this. It's just that's how it is. Right. And uh, and it's 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 not like we're making a big message here. It's just how it is, and we're using it for a lot of gags too. Yeah. So, and uh, you know the 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 uh, they got to build an ab- um giant clone machine that that has a big <laughs> abort button on the side of it, and <laughs> legs guess. that kick at the end, of, legs a slide coming out of it with legs that kick. And apparently a speaker that goes, oh, I'm gonna. Ha- <laughs> it said oive at one point. Yes. <laughs> And then I, w- I was trying to figure out what the what, what 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 I'm like why what is the what is the joke about it being why would why would it be funny that it's Jewish in some way, but they were probably just like you know, oive is just it's like a funny thing to say just and then they have and then there's stuff like that younger people aren't even gonna get like commercial references like where the the pimp at the at the whorehouse gets sprayed with the soap from VD and goes, thanks, I needed that. You know, and I'm like, ooh, maybe we'll get I can't believe that I ate the whole thing at some point in here. Or a cow got picked me away. IMDb does not have pictures of the the other three members of Serena's gang. And I'm trying to find out which one was the one. There was one that I really liked. And I'm trying to figure out which one is which right now. I also was thinking, like, they picked 
Styrena to be the, the lead. I wonder if they picked her to be the lead because she had the most, like, slim athletic body so that the stunt person, like, I think her stunt person was male. In yeah, a lot oh, of the no, biker. It's, it's obviously male, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so they, they, they picked her. But whoever, but, but the director, definitely a fan of butts. Yeah. Because, because butts and butt pants and and references to butts and and characters checking out butts and yeah. styrena's butt are are just prominently it's well, it's a theme there, there are all these scenes of her getting off her motorcycle and kind of smoothing herself out and you, the, the camera kind of luxuriates in it yeah almost it's it's very russ meyer like <laughs> In a way, but it's it's still it's very innocent though. It's not like as leery leering as as Russ Meyer, mm-hmm. and and buxom as it would be if it was Russ Meyer. But um, I, I should mention that Trina Trina Parks who plays Sirena, that's the other like major name. Um, most people would probably know her from Diamonds Are Forever because she played Thumper. Oh. Man, it's been a long time since I saw Diamonds Are Forever. So, I mean, she she has she didn't she didn't do a lot in uh in her life uh in terms of movies. She was in uh, later in a film called The Mothers. Ooh. And then uh, she has it, no other no other acting credits until 2012. Oh, wow. She, she definitely had Pam Greer potential, you know, yeah. of uh, like she could have been like, yeah. I I don't know if this movie did well when it came out. I imagine it was because, like I said, I I, I I it has the feel of that, of a kind of, of a three day of a Roger Corman three day wonder, and I imagine that it was probably a, a B picture on a double bill. I I also have not seen the poster to this but i picture like um like a you know one of those mad 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 world type things with like is it mort drucker that used to do the art for those uh, from mad magazine you know where you just have a thousand characters on bikes flying in different directions clansmen flying through the air from a bomb and and You know, people pick Cotton Colonel Sanders, you know, standing above it all with his arms up in the air. It must have been, and everybody, you know, with exaggerated big heads. Sort of like the Animal House poster. I'm going to send you a link to the poster. Uh, One of the posters, because there are many of them. Um, so, So you can take a look at it. And, um... Some of the taglines on them. My favorite is, they'll fry your eggs. <laughs> tagline. In this one, the one I'm showing you now, you see, it's super sisters on cycles. Better move your butt when these ladies strut. This is, yeah, this is, it, this isn't, but yeah, this is very close to, this is totally in the sort of style that, I have I have a book that's a, just a, a coffee table book of, um, of uh, black exploitation posters, and this would fit perfect. I don't think this one's in it, but this one would fit perfectly in it. Mm-hmm. 
I love I love this style of art. I like I find movie art today unacceptable just because it doesn't look like this. Movie art today is just so bland because it's just Photoshop. It's bad Photoshop, and like it makes me so sad that even like Star Wars movies resort to bad, especially during the prequel era, would resort to bad Photoshop art for like their. And it's like, no, you used to have, you got the money to have somebody. Have you ever watched the documentary about Drew Struzan? No. You should watch it. It's, 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 first off, it's really inspiring because the guy. Uh, the guy is just such a, a productive person. Uh, but it, it's Drew Struzan, for those people who do not know, uh, if you remember a movie poster from the 80s, chances are Drew Struzan drew it. Was he the guy who did like Raiders of the Lost Ark yes. and stuff like that? Yeah, Raiders I love that Ark, style. The Goonies, um, Romancing the Stone. He has a he is the official quote unquote art for um, until he retired recently for uh, George for Lucas Films. So even if they did a Photoshop thing, they would also have him do a plate. Um, but the thing is, is that it's easier now for to have some intern Photoshop a, a, a poster together that's acceptable yep. than having a, a true artist do it. Um, Maybe, I, it's just. It's because maybe posters don't sell movies anymore, you know? I don't know. It's just that I know that Guillermo del Toro personally commissioned Struzan to do uh, a poster for uh, Pan's Labyrinth, which is beautiful. I've seen it. Yeah. It's wonderful. But the the studio wouldn't let him use it as the poster for the movie. So he uh... paid him out of his own pocket. And it's, it's somewhere in Guillermo del Toro's house is hanging this beautiful, beautiful portrayal of the fawn from uh, from Pan's Labyrinth that Struzan drew for him. Yeah, and and it was probably just because the guy, it was probably just a thing of where okay, I I have to I have to pee on this somewhere. I have to put my yeah. mark on this somewhere. Yeah, no, I don't think that poster is focusing on. On what we really want to focus with this in this movie, I think yeah. we want to go more with the World War II aspect of it or something. Yeah. Oh, it's 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 just it's it makes me sad. It makes me so sad. I have like on my Kindle books of old school like 1930s, 1940s, just nothing but uh, one sheets. Mm. And and just like the art on that stuff is just incredible, and it's just evocative. And it, it's sad looking at some of the, the things that pass for posters these days. It really is. Yeah, yeah. And even the ones that aren't photoshopped are just not not very inventive. And it's just like, uh, that's, it's, you know, it's just, I get off my lawn. But, you know, the same yeah. with trailers. Yeah, and, I, and I'm just imagining that, like, trailer, well, trailers have to still sell movies. But, yeah, people probably aren't going to walk by the movie theater and see a poster anymore and go like, oh, that looks good. Or get, I mean, I remember Here's going to the, the movie theater. Here's the poster for this film under its like, alternate let's... title. Oh, sorry. 
let's go to the movies and we get there and we didn't know what movies were coming out and we'd look at the posters and go this one looks good you know and choose it that way but by the time you another poster this was under its alternate title of get down and boogie which i guess was used for places where dark town striders would not be crucial (laughs) I'm surprised that they never played the song, the actual song yeah. Dark Town Strutters in this, which I imagine might even be like in the public domain at, by that time. Mm-hmm. It was like a 20s or 20s or 30s. Yeah, I'm going to send you a uh, another. The Get Down and Boogie almost looks like Schoolhouse Rock or something. Yeah. I'm going to send you another fo- another photo and the girl on the, the far right, the one in the pigtails, that's one that I really liked and I wish I could figure out which one of the, the actresses she is <laughs> That now that's looking more like the Wiz right there Yeah, that looks like they're easing on down the road at the very end and the movie just stops it's like it, that's it it's over it's over see you next time it would have made a great TV show <laughs> Except for all the the N word and cursing. Yeah, they would have had to tone it down a little bit, but they could have they they could have taken the idea of it very very simply. Yeah. I I still I'm convinced that 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 they took sound effects from the Hanna Barbera, and you know 99 percent of the time I hate when they play actual cartoon music yeah. in a in a movie where they, you know, boing. But in this, it's perfect. It's perfect because when it, when it happens, it's like, this is, this is supposed to be, I mean, just, I mean, that, that just look at that first shot of them drive. This is shot in Tennessee, by the way. So drive it down some Tennessee road with those overtly styled trikes. And their helmets with giant, P-Funk looking wings coming off them. Yeah. I mean, you know that you're, you're not in reality. They, they're very clear right from the start that this, that as you put it, this is a Bugs Bunny cartoon. It's, it's, is, at the beginning of it, it's almost like the cartoon version of Faster Pussycat Kill Kill. They beat yeah. up some Marines. Yeah. You know, one, one of them ends up on a toilet and the toilet falls over and, they you know, yeah. they just and, and as soon as they start fighting, the, it becomes undercranked footage, yeah. lots of undercranked footage. Mm-hmm. But I just I just can't imagine. I think this this is an example of a film that was made at a certain time by a certain group of people that I don't think could be duplicated again. No, nope. I, I know, like I, my friend, Dan. Rick Ferguson, my good friend uh, and uh, co-host on Better in the Dark. Um, th- he always always said, "Is he ever gets millions and millions of dollars, he's going to remake this film." Uh, I, I don't know who he would get to play Serena, <laughs> because I think that was I think Trina Parks was a very specific type of actress. But um, I don't think it could be made today. I really don't. Not even with, with I think that the closest we got it's something like uh, what was that that Spike Lee film with the, the um, Bamboozled? The television exec- 
Bamboozled. That's how come I can't remember because that's like my one of my favorite Spike Lee films. With uh, like, with Mantan yes. and uh, Sleep and uh, Eat. Sleep and Eat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I I I saw that movie when it came out, but I only vaguely remember. I saw it with a double feature with Get Smoochie. Oh dear, that it was it was of... an interesting yeah it was an interesting comedy. They sort of went together just because they were TV related. Yeah, you know they were TV gone sort of like like more comedy versions of Network in a way, from different points of view. Yeah. But yeah, there's there's a lot of this that reminds me of Spike Lee in in a lot of ways. And you know, I mean, Spike Lee started out with, um, you know, more more comedic, with with you know the same sort of thing of like, here's this care you know all these characters coming in and out you know that all know each other and they're they're in this you know they're in their own little self-contained world and stuff, you know. I'm I'm trying to think of the name of his. Was it School Days? Was his first? Yes. You know, very episodic. That was his. Uh, that School Days was his second, second feature. You know, after she's got to have it, which is she's got to have it. Yeah. And they both they both had that sort of like Kevin Smith film, um, an episodic. You know, like you know, um, parts of it would almost be like a skit or something. Yeah. Yeah. Although school. Days was, I think, he intentionally uh, patterned as a musical as opposed to uh, she's got to have it where there, there's just in out of nowhere this musical this musical number in the middle where the black and white turns to color and, right. and yeah which I, I I love that film even though some of the the, the politics of it is kind of problematic. That's Spike Lee. That's Spike Lee. Well, has has he put he put it one time. Uh, one of my favorite critics, Whitney Seibold, apparently interviewed him and said, and he said, you're very direct when it comes to your films. He says, yeah, I don't fuck around. Yeah, no, he doesn't. And, and like, you know, I mean, there's movies of his that I've liked, mm-hmm. but I haven't liked what he had to say or how he said it or something like that. But it was always, you know, it was always interesting to, at the very least, interesting to dissect them. And even the ones that I didn't like would have huge chunks of them that I loved, you know, like yeah. um, um, oh, why can't I remember the 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 oh Jungle Fever? Yeah. Jungle Fever was the one. the the, the main The main like storyline of that ostensibly is about the relationship between the the, the guy and the woman, the interracial re- affair. That's the part I didn't think worked the best in it you know the subplot with samuel jackson is a crackhead son and like the scenes with the black family and the scenes with the italian family at home around the dinner table that stuff worked like crazy you know it, he's just wonderful at filming the dynamics of families and stuff and then the other part felt disjointed in this the good thing about this, the dark town strutters is you could put almost, as long as it isn't like hard drama if it as long as it it didn't get serious at some point. You could almost throw anything but the kitchen sink into that, and it's not going to break <laughs> break the you know what's going on <laughs> since it's chaos. Well, God bless William. He's still alive, William Armitage. 
Another film you might recognize him for, or I, which I've never seen, but everybody says is great, is Gross Point Blank. He wrote and directed that. But he's still alive. Hasn't been doing much, but oh. God God bless him. He's still he's still up. Um but ah, uh, this is this is just a joy. This film and it's only nine it, it doesn't it's business. It's ninety minutes and I love the I love these films that just get on, do their business and get off. You know? Oh well ninety minutes is probably about all that they could <laughs> afford to do with something like this with this much stuff in it. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's a cram packed manic 90 minutes it's it doesn't slow down no except for that one one scene yeah and when it but that one scene that does slow down is great Mm -hmm. it's one of the high points in the movie so yeah it just it 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 never it never took a wrong turn for me so to speak so to think that this to the best of my knowledge this film does not have an official blu-ray release um, I think it may have fallen into public domain. I'm not absolutely sure, but I know that for the longest time it was unavailable. The only reason I have a copy is because uh, Derek recorded it for me off of uh, Turner Classic Movies. Remember when Turner Classic Movies used to show this type of stuff? Yeah, they used to show all sorts of... I used to catch all sorts of uh, crazy stuff on there. Yeah. I, like I remember one night I turned it on and it was uh is is it Black Moon? It's Blood this, Moon? But Black Moon. It's a Louis Mall movie. Oh. It's a surreal sort of um fa- fantasy movie that's sort of like Alice in Wonderland with a talking a fat talking unicorn and naked kids chasing a pig and Udo Kier. And and a talk to a rat that talks to an old lady who's listening to a old like war radio, and at the end the the there's a young woman in there, and at the end the woman, the young girl basically pulls out her boob, and uh, and um, nurses the old lady. That's the last scene in the movie. And I'm like, did I just see nudity on Turner Classic Movies? So I look up the movie, and I find out the woman was I think. I want to say she was a relative of George Martin, the Beatles producer, okay. and she was like 16 years old at the time oh, of of the movie. And I'm like, did I just see underage nudity on Turner Classic? And then, and then the next night at like 3 a.m., I came on and turned on Turner Classic movies, and I saw Ape, A P E, yeah, you know, sort of like Mash, and uh, that was that was one of the greatest experiences <laughs> of my life. <laughs> That. Yeah, it, it, that used to be an exciting network. I don't have cable anymore, so I don't okay. know how it how it is these days. No, I'm imagining mostly reality shows. <laughs> well, no, no, it it still shows. It still does what it says on the tape. It still turns. Okay. Um, it's just it's just funny that it, it's in my mind a bit because of course I I went to my personal version which has the TCM bumpers before and after. And recently, for another podcast, I watched a film called The Frozen Dead, which was boring as all hell. And apparently, the rip that I got to watch it 
Well, well how exciting does the frozen dead sound? <laughs> what can the well, frozen dead do? Well, when you hear the, the, the plot is supposed to be, it's supposed to be about a mad scientist who's been keeping uh, Nazi Nazi soldiers in cryogenic stasis and is planning on reviving the Third Reich. You think yeah. it's pretty, oh, well, that's kind Call of the cool. unfrozen dead. They're, they're yeah. a lot more exciting than the frozen dead. But it's it's just dull. But anyway, what was funny is that every once in a while, the TCM bug came up on in the lower right-hand corner. So I was like, oh, I know where you got this from. Oh, God, I remember that. That uh, that was a scourge on videotape. I, I, I watched this off um, on uh, YouTube, and yeah. it was a fair, you know... I don't know. It was probably it probably came off Turner too. It probably came off. I don't know. It's hard to say. It didn't look like it was a VHS copy, but whoever uploaded it didn't upload the biggest file of it either. So it was yeah. a little 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 uh, soft. But well, it, it looks it, it like, looks great soft like that. It yeah. looks like a sixteen. It looks like you're watching a sixteen millimeter print, and it was actually in the TV aspect ratio, the one right. that I was watching too. So I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I would love if, oh, my God, if they if this was filmed in another in a real aspect ratio and it's only been yeah. cut for like TV, there's got to be all sorts of stuff going on in there that we didn't even see. Yeah, because there isn't an inch of the frame that doesn't have something going on in it all the time. I mean, maybe your, your comparison to Mad Magazine is right, where you have down to the search Argonis stuff in the margins, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fill in every every space. You know, we only have so many pages, so get as many gags in there as possible. And it, and and it, and you know, it's the, it's if something if there's a stupid gag in it, it's gone in a couple minutes or in a couple seconds, really. So and you're on to the next one. So, yeah, yeah. You can't so, lose with this movie. Can't you lose. just you just cannot lose. It is a available on uh on youtube as chris mentioned uh i don't know if it has a blue, it, it deserves a blueberry release sure think, oh yeah i think it deserves it because it's just it, it, it's very much an artifact of its time because this is 1975 the big black exploitation is beginning boom is beginning to fade a little bit at this point so um, it was ripe for being made fun of. And I think that's what they, they said. Let's just have as much fun with the, with the black exploitation trope as we can. People like biker movies. People like black exploitation movies. People like comedies. Let's just mush them all together, you know? Yeah, and, and how visual is it to have them all on their, their tri, you know, trike bikes? Yeah. And then the the clan with their with all their you know regular motorcycles with a cross up the back of the <laughs> you know some of them are red some of them are white it's just yeah it's just visually great and they do fun stuff like you know when the clan come to war war bring her to her you know uh, the evil Colonel Sanders cross yeah. they they Who drive right up the front the door in the living room. Yeah. And it's real motorcycle, you know, they had real motorcycle stunt people. So there's just great scenes of real motorcycles getting driven through an old southern mansion and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I, I oh, bef before we before we leave, I have to mention there's the most wonderful scene of her <laughs> driving her bike off a cliff into a, into a 
supposedly like a lake, but you right. can tell it's not that deep. But they mm. cut it to look like she, she drives her bike completely submerges, and then like two minutes later, just boom, drives up <laughs> on her bike, clean and, and in a yellow jumpsuit. It's amazing. So, oh, I don't know about you. I would recommend if, you, if you're interested because this is just such a it's such an odd thing, but it's so enjoyable. Yeah, I'm. It, it's it's. Uh, for those of you who are kind of sensitive to language, the um, the N word is used at least once. It's you see it in print too. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's yeah. The, it was uh, P, the, you know yeah. It's 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 maybe not used as much as say in a Quentin Tarantino movie, but right. it's 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 up there. It's it's used as much as in in a black exploitation movie. Right. From the 70s. And it, it's, it's not used as... It's, it's used, of course, by the characters who are buffoons and idiots. Yes, it's 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 satirical. So, um, this is <laughs> worth buying. This is worth seeking out. This really is. Um, and I'm glad I'm able to share it with everybody. <laughs> well, I'm just happy that I'm leaving here with my heart filled with happiness and joy from this movie. And, and I hope that this is what I hope this is my Honeywell experiment experience from now on. Uh, (laughs) Did I say something funny? Yes. No. Yes. We're going to have to torture you. I guess. So next time, you know, I I talked to my, my uh, colleague from the, the great white North Desmond Reddick. And we talked about a certain picture. I'm gonna Are we going to watch the Chronicles of Riddick? No. Oh. We're going to watch Thriller, a cruel picture. Oh, that sounds fun. <laughs> it's like a it's it's like a, a superhero origin story only without the joy and humor. Oh, it's going to be like Darkman, then you're saying, or something like that. I love superhero movies. (laughs) Something like that. No go! Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. 
Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True True Freaks. Freaks.